Supercharged, a podcast focusing on renewable energy and the passion behind the movement. Supercharged is a thoughtful journey through renewable energy sustainability and an integrated lifestyle. Subscribe and listen each week as we chat with thought leaders, influencers, and those who simply choose to live a better way. And hopefully along the way, you too will be inspired to live Supercharged. This is Kevin Pro with another episode of Supercharge, the podcast, and I have a special guest today, Kristen Haynes. Kristen, thanks for joining us on Supercharge. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So your your background, your story is so varied and so interesting, but uh, just let's just start a little bit with a quick bio. Like if you and I were in a networking event, how would you introduce yourself? Sure, I would say, well, I'm Kristen Haynes, and I am a content creator, blogger um, over at the Wayward Home, and that's my website that deals with tiny living, so van life, RVing, sailboats, and tiny homes, every aspect of tiny living and nomadic living specifically, so that's what I'm up to now. Well, I know that, you know, nobody has this this kind of in their repertoire unless they care about, you know, the, the environment that they're in and the, just leaving it better than, than the way you found it, so Let's let's just start off really just defining the the term like sustainability and you know in your mind what does that mean? Yeah, to me it's just um, you know trying to leave the planet a better place than we found it or I found it, um, and also just trying to um, create less waste is a big one for me and to and a part of doing that is to not buy so much stuff. So for me, that's kind of my biggest goal is to not purchase items I don't need, especially, and I don't, um, I try to lower my footprint as much as possible living in a van and on a sailboat. I, I try to um, live small um, and live kindly on the earth, you know, and not polluted and not use too many plastics. And so for me, those are my biggest um, sustainability goals. So is this like a chicken or the egg my conversation. So what started? Was it your desire to kind of live small and you like the idea or was it desire to have less impact on the planet? I mean, what, what really was kind of the motivation behind the really the lifestyle change? Yeah, well, really, funnily, it was none of those things. I first started back in 2015 um, living in a Prius, and I did that in the San Francisco Bay Area because um, my the guy I was dating at the time, who I've now been with for seven years or so, he had an idea that we're all paying too much money on rent, and why are we doing this, and why are we spending $20,000 a year on an apartment? And he decided, oh, he's going to move into his Prius, and I was like, what? I thought it was totally crazy. <laughs> are you homeless? <laughs> That's right. I know. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I thought it was the nuttiest thing I'd ever heard before, you know, <laughs> and um, he wanted to save up money to buy a sailboat with cash because his dream is sailing. He loves sailing. And so I decided to jump on the bandwagon and give my notice. And I was like, well, maybe I can pay off my debt and, you know, get more financially secure. And so that was the impetus for going tiny and living in that Prius for, for four months in the Bay Area while commuting to work and going to the gym for showers. And so that got me into it. And it was only later that I started to think about the environmental impacts of living smaller. And that's now like a big thing that I think about all the time, but it wasn't that way in the beginning. <laughs> So do you think, I mean, people that like might choose to live kind of the van life, choose to live and live in your Prius or whatever mode of transportation you have, you think that's highly dependent on the location? I mean, could you live in a Prius in Montana as easily as you lived in one in California? 
Definitely not. I would not really want to do that either, but I know people do. Like I did interview a, a guy from my website who lived in a Prius for six years and he lived all over the country. He's lived in it in Minnesota and everywhere. And something special about the Prius is it's because it's a hybrid. You can actually keep the heat on all night or the air conditioning on all night. And so you can stay climate controlled, which is amazing, but it is way easier on the West Coast or places that are dry. It's easier in the summer. And so we do have a van now, but it's definitely dependent on where you live for sure. So walk us through kind of the various modes of transportation between I think you said 2015 and today. Yeah, so in 2015, we lived in the Prius. And then a year later, I was actually laid off from my job as a radio news person, per, sorry, a radio news personality, the whole newsroom was decimated. And um, at that time, my boyfriend had purchased a sailboat. And I said, can I please move on to your sailboat with you? <laughs> because I don't want to go into debt just to, you know, afford an apartment in San Francisco. And that's kind of what got us started in the sailboat lifestyle. And that was in 2016. And then after a couple of years later, I bought my first van. And so what, what we do now is we split our time half and half between a sailboat and a van. And that's kind of what we have at the moment. And the sailboat is, is moored in California in the San Francisco area or where? It's not. We actually took it down to Mexico last year and it's anchored it's at a boatyard actually down in Mexico and we will go rejoin the boat in the winter. And so we do winters in Mexico and summers now in the U.S. traveling in, in the van and camping. Now the, the sailboat is just, is it like habitation or do you actually like take it up and down the coast? And I mean, what's, what's the major, the main purpose for the boat? Yeah, the boat is definitely, um, it's kind of like the size of an RV. So it's a 42 foot boat. It's pretty mm, big. Yeah. And so we use it to cruise up and down the coastline and explore very hidden off grid areas. And the boat itself is super off grid. It's solar powered. I mean, it has an engine, but we use solar to power all our devices on the boat and we have a water maker. And so we try to be very sustainable while living on that boat as well. We try not to use our fuel as much as possible. So let's talk about the, the van that you've kind of transitioned to. And are, would you say you spend the majority of the time in the van or the majority of the time in the boat? Kind of both. You know, when we were on the boat, we were in San Francisco for most of it, actually, because it was being restored. It's a very old boat. And so we were part of the time on the boat and part of the time living in the van, kind of in parking lots or on the street um, while the boat was being renovated. So now it's more half and half. But there, I guess we did spend the majority of our evenings on the boat because it was it is more of an RV with a bathroom and a kitchen and a larger living space. Right, so we do, right. and, but now we do half and half more. So is the the van that you, I'm assuming it's like a a van that you converted into you know put bed in it and refrigerator and a little kitchenette type thing and is that is that um, considered virtually off grid or do you plug into electricity when you're in RV parks or how do you how do you power that? Yeah, so it's a Chevy Astro. So it's actually a really small van. It's a minivan size, um, which is amazing that both of us fit in there. It's from 1994. And we did put two solar panels on the roof, which we use to power a small portable refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And then, and it also powers like our computers and our devices and- LED all, lights, what else is in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, LED lights. So, and it does not have a kitchen in it because it's so tiny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
So we cook outside most of the time, but I did just upgrade to a larger van and we are self-converting that right now as we speak, actually. <laughs> I thought I'd seen that on, on a recent video that you were, you were kind of, you know, moving up. I mean, it's almost like if you're out of tiny house land because it's the van's so big compared to the one you had before. So yeah. <laughs> you have a little, little extra space. You, you might even, you know, put a, like two living rooms in it or something like, who knows, you're kind of a recliner in the middle of it. So. I know. It does feel like a mansion compared to the Astro. It's just a regular cargo van and it feels gigantic. So that perspective is pretty funny. <laughs> so for people that are looking to, to, you know, build something small or to convert something small to live in full time. So I know that, you know, looking on your website, you've got a number of different options. You've got tiny houses, you've got schoolies, you've got vans, you've got boats, you know, whatever. Is there a, is there kind of an optimum you know, option for people that are, you know, that they don't want to live in a Prius. They, they don't want to live in a tiny van that doesn't even have a kitchen in it. I mean, what's kind of the best option for somebody that's kind of wanting to just dive in, but dive in with, it's almost like glamping, you know, so to speak. Yeah. what's the glamping option? Yeah, probably like an RV would be the easiest way to start going at it. I think they're, you know, they're all, they're pretty easy to purchase. There's tons of them out there, except for, I guess there was a lot of demand this year and they were harder to purchase, but um, they're easy to run. You don't have to fix anything. You don't have to do a DIY, huge DIY project. And RVs come in such a variety of sizes that people can get one that is the size of a, of a van if they want, but it comes with the bed and the kitchen or they can get a huge one. So I think that's a good way to kind of jump into it and maybe take smaller trips before doing it full time and just make sure that <laughs> they like the lifestyle would be my advice. And you got quite a platform. I mean, I just seeing like the people that follow you online or the people that are subscribed to your YouTube channel or whatever. So when you talk to people, I mean, I know that invariably they're talking about, you know, alternative ways to live, but is, does the conversation get broader than that? Is it about just how do you, what's your lifestyle like, you know, how do you, how do you live differently now? Yeah, probably just more, I'd say more connected with nature and more time outside than I ever have in my whole life, which to me is really incredible. Like now, as you see in this video, I am in a house. Um, I'm staying in my mom's house while she's on a trip and we're using this time to build out the new van, but I am starting to feel like I really miss being outside. Um, we actually set up our bed near the biggest window in the house so we can have that fresh air coming through because both of us <laughs> now feel weird um, sleeping in a room. It's kind of a, yeah. a strange adjustment for us because we're used to like fresh air blowing in our face all night. And so um, I've, I've changed a lot in that now I just, I live about 95% of my life outdoors um, or in close proximity to the outdoors. And I think that has a profound impact, especially when we think about the environment and sustainability and we're like in it all the time, like thinking about it. <laughs> so do you do like, do you do courses? Do you do, you know, do you have like speaking engagements where you're talking about this, but it, it invariably may be leading to, you know, what's the impact on the planet and what's the why behind, you know, the way you live? Yeah, I don't do really courses or many speaking engagements actually. I focus on just creating content and engaging with listeners and talking to them about doing this and how to do it and kind of how to make money remotely. And they are interested in living a tinier lifestyle for freedom and adventure reasons a lot. They don't want to pay you know, a mortgage anymore or have that job tying them down. Right. And a lot of people are retirees just trying to figure out how to save money. And so I interact with so many people on a broad scale that just really want to just like get, get rid of the shackles of that daily night to five grind. I think that retiree 
idea came to you by looking at my little white white peck, checkered here, you know, goatee <laughs> that's looking at you in the in the Zoom screen here. I think I think that was a subliminal message that you picked up there. But so as you're as you're talking to people and and they want to get started in this, so if they ask you, you know, can 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 I do this too? I mean, how can I make it? How hard is it going to be? What what do you say to encourage people to kind of take that first step? Yeah, I think people have to be used to the fact that there is an adjustment period. Like for me, when I started living in the Prius, it wasn't like a super easy, super fun thing, really. I was doing it more to save money and pay off debt and kind of be in a better financial situation. But it was hard, like giving up the house and living like parked in the vehicle on the street where you're not sure if someone's going to come knock like on your window like living in a vehicle in a city probably isn't my favorite thing ever but that's what we had to do for a long time until recently when I created a remote income we're able to be out and about away from cities and now that's my favorite thing but I think people have to be used to get you know be it prepared to have like those feelings and for it to feel not normal for a while and that's totally fine they just have to stick with it and find community other people that do it which is why I created my website actually is so people can and come and connect and like really feel like there's others doing it too because you can feel really lonely especially when right. you're not traveling by yourself in a van so you, you talked about you also help people kind of get started with you know maybe finding finding ways to make money online as they're working remotely or kind of digital nomads so to speak what are some some ways that that are kind of major categories i guess of of jobs that are are really good for this type of lifestyle yeah, well, since I am, um, I work for myself as a blogger, I think that actually doing your own type of, of work where, you know, you start your own business is probably best because it gives you your own hours and schedule. You don't have to be there for meetings or certain nine to five events, you know, where people do do that out in an RV, you know, they tune into uh, Zoom meetings or they do work for someone, but I think it is more challenging to create a lifestyle around that. Mm. So there are a lot of people that are bloggers or YouTubers or virtual assistants or course creators, authors, like any of those things in the online business realm are probably like some of the best, but they do take a long time to get it up and running and making money. So people can get discouraged. So right. it's good to have like a few sources of income. Like while I was building my blog, I did freelance writing on the side and like travel writing and just all sorts of writing. Cause that was where I knew I was going to get a paycheck with the blog took several years to start yep. making money. So yep. people have to be prepared for, for the long game. <laughs> they're going to work for themselves for sure <laughs> see you, you you're starting to answer my questions before i ask them so you know the, the my very next question is going to be you know it's my understanding that like you know content creation blogs you know even like niche sites and things like that take a while to really catch on and, and start generating income so what's you know is there a short term and kind of a longer term strategy as you're trying to figure these things out yeah, for sure. I do think that if someone does want to start, you know, online business, they probably should have at least some kind of sustainable like job on the side. If it's a part-time job or even if depends on how much money they need, if they're living in a van or an RV, that could be a very small amount of money. Yeah. Or maybe they do work camping or just something to to know that they have that regular paycheck. So I think it's stressful to be starting a business and not have a paycheck coming in. Like I know that I was living on a boat which had very low you know, mooring fees at the time. So mm -hmm. I knew I could kind of put more toward a business and not worry about making a ton of money at the time. Right. So I think that's very helpful is to kind of lower your cost of living and lower what you need and then try to start that online business. Unless you have a ton of savings, then that's a different story. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's all the kind of the whole idea behind, you know, financial sustainability is like, 
you really have to look at both sides of the equation. It's not just the earning side. It's also the spending side. You know, that's, you know, you can earn less if you spend less, you know, people are like, well, I have to live back to maintain this lifestyle. Well, actually you're making a choice, you know, to maintain that lifestyle. So, you know, you have to look at, at both sides of those, but as you're, as you're kind of traveling around and encountering people that are in your community, who, who out there do you think is really doing this well, other than yourself? I mean, do you have people that you kind of look to that say, you know, they're really kind of leading in this movement and they're really making a positive impact and have, you know, a, a wide platform, so to speak? Yeah, I feel like there's a, uh, you know, quite a few and I'm, you know, there's a lot of different types of people that I look up to or that I have been communicating with along this journey, like both of us have been starting it together and we see each other progress and I just love that. And I just talked to a woman named Camila Tell actually she's awesome she's a full time RVer and she has this big robust course and coaching program to help people find remote work and that's what she does and I think that's really inspiring and she helps a lot of people. and. There's another woman out there who, um, Michelle Schroeder Gardner, and she runs a website called Making Sense of Sense that is a financial planning website, but it has nothing to do with tiny living per se, but she lives in an RV and on a sailboat. And she definitely talks to her audience about not spending so much, like being financially responsible, like being with nature. And I think that she has a very large platform and she's someone that inspired me to start blogging because I didn't even know blogs made money back you know, a few right. years ago. So right. someone that I definitely look up toward and I really admire her lifestyle even though she's a millionaire due to blogging and she lives a very tiny lifestyle and I think that's really cool and she's not purchasing tons of stuff or living lavishly and so I think that's a neat example that she's setting so I mean she's actually looking at both sides of the equation for sure you know in that case so you mentioned yeah, really totally. early um, when you're talking about sustainability and you, you were talking about you know less waste having a small footprint um you know, living small and kindly. It's, it's really not just the size issue. It's not that you live in a smaller house or a small van or a smaller boat or whatever. It really is. It's more than that. It is it's like, it's like consumption and, you know, conscious consumption and, you know, purchases that you make and, you know, talk, walk us through that a little bit of, you know, just kind of what does your lifestyle look like in those areas? Yeah, so I try not to buy much stuff at all. I probably every year in the summer is when I try to buy, you know, some clothes and all these clothes have to fit in a very small bin on my Astro van and on my sailboat. And so I, I spend kind of the summer getting rid of clothes and buying new clothes. And that's the only time during the year I do that particular thing. And I really assess like what I'm using, what I need. And I think about it so much before I even go and make that purchase. It's kind of funny, <laughs> just the amount of thought that goes into it. So just in everything I buy that's new, any piece of gear, I really have to use it. And I really like that it, when it has multiple uses, it's not yeah. just one thing. Like, for example, I could never see myself buying like an air fryer <laughs> or like some of these kitchen appliances because mm -hmm. they have one purpose, which I can use something else to achieve that goal. And so I think that's kind of how stuff gets accumulated is people aren't really thinking like, why do I need that when this other thing will do that too? Like it just, it just adds to an accumulation of so much stuff in, in people's homes and garages. And it's just, it's very difficult for me to see these days because <laughs> now that I live tiny and really um, have a small collection of stuff, like I just can't imagine having a large home full of, of stuff. It's kind of traumatizing. <laughs> <to think about. laughs> 
<laughs> I, I can certainly imagine that how that would be the case. I mean, I, I live in a larger home with a lot of stuff and it's traumatizing to me to, to look at it all the time. I can, I can assure you that there is stress with stuff. That is, that there is. A, There's a lot of great it. way to, uh, to put that. And yeah. I, mean, I really like the, the idea of, of buying things that have multi-purpose, you know, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that, that's true of so many things. I mean, buy shoes that, that would have, you know, that, that are flexible use, you know, clothing that you would maybe layers, you know, that type of thing if you want to hike. But uh, what about like technology and, you know, I mean, I know you have to have that online, I mean, or on, on the road. So do you use like a hotspot for Wi-Fi? Do you try to find the nearest Panera that you can get free Wi-Fi or library or something? I mean, what's the best way? Yeah, so I actually have a hotspot and it was kind of a journey finding the right one because I require a lot of bandwidth and, you know, working online and traveling and, and having to do even like Zoom meetings, you know, it takes a yeah. lot of bandwidth. And I'm actually using my personal hotspot right now to do this Zoom meeting, which proves that it works very it well. It does. <laughs> and, I want you to tell us which, what you use because a lot of people probably would wonder about that. So yeah, yeah, it's a, um, it's by this company and their reliable internet um, services, I believe is their correct name and they actually um i think they have some sort of partnership with verizon and at&t to provide internet to rural communities in the u.s and so mm. they get really good deals on unlimited um, hotspot deals that you can't just get if you go to att.com right. so i work through them to get this unlimited hotspots totally unlimited like some of them say they are and then they throttle you yeah where this one is Truly unlimited, and I get I've used it so much to download shows and programs to working to you know streaming YouTube. It's just amazing, like, and so that I really rely heavily on my hotspot. And a lot of times when we're out in the van and even boondocking in remote areas, I get phone signal on that hotspot, and I'm able to work in the most beautiful locations. So I feel very happy about that. <laughs> so just wherever it picks up an AT and T or a Verizon tower, it will it'll kind of connect, but. So maybe Elon Musk will come up with the satellite internet that covers the planet and we don't have to worry about all this. So, you know, I know. Maybe, maybe that's like I, the next I, step. Yes, I have my eye on that. I, I keep checking it, but it's not for mobile users yet. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. Yep. Well, I, I really just, I, I really appreciate your, you know, things you shared so far. And I, I'm curious, like if you were talking to somebody that just maybe wanted to, was just thinking about this, What's one or two steps that they could take maybe tomorrow just to kind of get started on this journey, um, not necessarily with small living, but just, you know, to live differently, to live with a with more of a why behind it, you know, what would you suggest be a couple of things? Yeah, it's probably, I guess, when you were saying that, I was thinking of it as like deliberate living, like really thinking about the way you're living and the way you're affecting the planet. I think just having that awareness is a good first step, like from, like every time I, I go grocery shopping and I do sometimes use those plastic produce bags and I feel guilty and I'm thinking like, oh my, God, I shouldn't be using that, you know? <laughs> and I think like the awareness is number one, because then we can create like a change and think about a different way to like bring my own bags and try to figure that out. So I think that's a, a good thing for people to do and probably just um, trying to consume less because so much ends up in landfills and it's just heartbreaking to, to think about that. All the things that all the fads that come out that people purchase and suddenly it's 
in a landfill. And like, that's yeah. not very sustainable, I don't think. And so just thinking about things before purchase, you know, anybody can do that no matter what size house they're in. Like, do they really need that item? And what kind of, what will that bring to their life? Or what can they get rid of and donate in its place, I think is good. So just thinking about the, our relationship with stuff is powerful and what types of stuff we're using from the, the plastics and all that and trying not to use as much plastic is something everyone can do as well that's you know it's hard but it's definitely worth trying for <laughs> for sure for sure I, I mean I love that you know have an awareness of of what you're doing and and really just see like if you buy something is it going to replace something else I mean you know is it it's uh, just adding to is it kind of a net zero you know zero sum gain there to you know we stop so to speak but okay. is there anything that we we haven't touched on that you'd just like to wrap us up with today it's been a, such a great interview but just a an op opportunity for you to share whatever you know you would like to kind of close us with and then maybe just tell people where you is the best place to find you online yeah, I guess the only thing I can think of is for, you know, I think it's so beneficial to get out in nature as much as possible. Like it doesn't really matter what, what you live in or what your house is, but just to be out there. And I think the more connection people have with nature, the more they really care about their, um, their actions and how it impacts the environment. So just for anybody, kids, adults, any, anybody just to go out there and spend as much time as possible. It's very rewarding and very powerful. And I love it. So <laughs> that's my spiel. And if people want to find me, I'm on thewaywardhome.com and I'm on Instagram and Facebook with those same um, handles also on YouTube. And I did just start my own podcast called the Wayward Home Podcast, which I'm really excited about. So there's a variety of ways people can find me um, online. So <laughs> yeah, well, come on over. <laughs> Kristen, thank you so much. I, I love the YouTube channel, especially because I'm, I'm kind of visual and it's, it's good to see that and, and motion and, and audio attached to that. But uh, yeah, I encourage people to look it up. It's called The Wayward Home on YouTube. And she's on, she said she's got her website and so just started a new podcast. So I encourage our listeners to, to jump over there and, and search that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever that, that, that's found. But Kristen, thank you so much for just taking time today and just sharing, you know, the kind of the why behind, you know, it's so important to you to live differently and to, you know, as, as you mentioned, less waste, small footprint, live small and kindly. What a great way to wrap us up today, Kristen. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.